This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast is powered by the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. Since 1983, IMPA has provided 61 municipal utilities in Indiana and Ohio with low-cost, reliable, and environmentally responsible power. I'm Lee Llewellyn. Two years ago, Governor Eric Holcomb created a new cabinet-level position of Secretary of Career Connections and Talent. He appointed Blair Milo to serve in that position, and prior to her appointment, uh, she had been serving as the mayor of her hometown, LaPorte, Indiana, and prior to serving as mayor, she served five years in active duty with the U.S. Navy. She has been kind enough to agree to spend some time today uh, talking about uh, some new uh, developments as part of her position. Uh, and so, Secretary Milo, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to join you. I think this will be fun. Uh, so if we could start at the beginning. Uh, so when Governor Holcomb uh, appointed you and reached out uh, to, to ask you to be the first Secretary of Career Connections and Talent, um, how did he explain to you what he, what he was looking for uh, and, uh, and why did he tell you that we needed a Secretary of Career Connections and mm -hmm. Talent for Indiana? Well, uh, backing up even before that specific conversation, we uh, had had many conversations actually about some of what the changes were that were happening across uh, the workforce and, and jobs in general. And uh, I, as you mentioned, I had the opportunity to serve as the mayor of Laporte, also known to many as the hub of awesome. And uh, I, I came to, <laughs> to know more about what was happening in workforce development and uh, the, the changing nature of careers, because as awesome as Laporte was and is, uh, we were growing jobs uh, considerably, but we were really struggling to get people into them. And so I had the great fortune of, of having conversations with, uh, with Governor Holcomb uh, in, in many different capacities around, you know, what some of these changes were that were happening and thinking a little bit more around how we better connected students to what some of the, the career opportunities might be, how we better shared the stories of how many of these career areas look different than how we have seen them previously, especially manufacturing, uh, that, that that's seen a considerable amount of change due to the, the influence of technology uh, in many of our plants. And so when we talk about advanced manufacturing, that if you don't necessarily have someone close to you that is, is working in that area, you may not know about it. And so as we'd had conversations around, you know, what kinds of solutions can address these, these challenges that we are facing, uh, then it, it led to a recognition of that there was a, a need to be able to work across disciplines, across different state agencies, uh, and, and in communities, in, in regions, and uh, then be able to bring all these pieces together. And so when uh, I had the opportunity to speak with him about some of his thoughts as to uh, what, what this type of position might be and to then get to be on the forefront of, of really developing it and figure out what, what do we need uh, a leader to be able to do to be able to bring all of these different aspects together, um, then I was excited to be able to accept the opportunity, especially to be a part of a, a team that I'm so proud of, of his leadership and really my peers that I get to join along the way. So you, you came with then a pretty good sense, I mean, uh, at least from your community in Laporte, uh, of, of having heard from employers, having heard from, from um, the workforce. Mm -hmm. 
but I know that you spent a lot of time when you started, and, and I give you credit for that, that you, you didn't come in and pretend, uh, pretending as though you already knew all the answers. So mm -hmm. it seemed to me that you spent a lot of time uh, traveling around the state listening to folks. So you obviously kind of had a sense of what questions you needed to ask to begin with. Um, but but what did you hear as you made your way around the state? Uh, did you have a chance to see some other best practices? Mm -hmm. uh, what was that listening experience like as you were making your way around the state? Sure, and, and I continue to really enjoy the, the travel aspects of what this position offers because I do get to enjoy meeting some really dynamic leaders in our communities who are doing creative things. And, and I would say that the conversation has shifted a bit over the past couple of years in that I think a lot of what the conversations were earlier were um, more about kind of growing the awareness of what some of this transition was and um, now I think that there's a lot more awareness and the conversation has become more about what else can we be doing? How do we uh, organize some of these efforts and, and, and have some synergy behind it? Um, especially as we've had some policy changes that have come along the way with graduation pathways for our students. And so the, the conversation has shifted a little bit more into now some sharing best practices. And I love getting to learn about so many different things that are happening across our state that I think really is a, 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 a tribute to the, the leadership in various communities and businesses. Um, and, and also says a lot about our state with the diversity of thought and innovative spirit that we see happening. And I think the challenge for us is is consistently getting some of that information out so that everybody can can um, gain from some of the those best practices, which my sense has been that there's such willingness to share, but it's always just a matter of getting that out. Uh, and so that I would say, you know, the, the fascinating things that I've learned along the way are some of the applications that maybe smaller school districts or rural areas are utilizing uh, that then I think more urbanized areas can draw from, but sometimes they have some unique challenges to be able to uh, apply similar models because of density of, of some of the population they're serving. Uh, and so it's just really fascinating to see the the ways that people are developing tailored solutions for some of the their specific local or regional economies and then to specific business needs that can be uh, adjusted to fill a lot of other businesses that may be in completely different industry sectors i'm always amazed as i as i go around the state and i'm meeting with our members and i'm sometimes talking to or presenting to their boards mm -hmm. um, I, it's amazing to me that um, uh, people don't yet, as, in, as, especially people who are connected to economic development, don't yet understand how critical workforce has become to economic development. That we always think that it's about uh, business climate, it's about uh, low taxes, but what we're hearing right now and have heard for many years from site selectors is workforce is really what drives all of that and mm -hmm. so I assume that that has a lot to do with why you're in the position you're in. Yeah and and that's been another interesting shift in some of the discussion that I mean those those pieces of business attractiveness the tax climate low cost of, of living 
those aren't not important. Um, they they certainly still are a part of a, a package, a portfolio that we're really proud of the work that Indiana has done there. But the next piece is, okay, you know, how are we develop, delivering the talent that's going to be needed for any sort of growth opportunities for our existing businesses or for attracting the new businesses? I have a lot more conversations now with local economic development offices, with IEDC, uh, and, and with business prospects. And what is is neat about the advantage that I think Indiana has, and I'm hearing this from site selectors, from um, some of the, the different business folks that come forward, is that what Indiana offers that's a little different than some of the other places that they may be interacting is the collaboration between um, our communities, whether it's with multiple communities saying that, hey, we're gonna work together to deliver what you need, whether it's uh, you know some of the infrastructure that they're looking at, but oftentimes with talent. Uh, and a specific example recently has been how our higher education institutions are working together. And there was one company that said, you know, we looked at multiple different states and in these other states, they would parade through in our meetings the different leaders of the different institutions of higher education. We come to Indiana and we're able to sit in one meeting with the president of Ivy Tech, the president of Vincennes University, and uh, the representatives from maybe Purdue Polytechnic or Ball State and it, you name it in the different areas. And because of the collaboration that is existing amongst all of our different entities, it's giving us that much more of a competitive advantage in addition to what we've done well with our, our business attractiveness. So collaboration, that's the absolute perfect setup then to, <laughs> to get into this subject because I think probably uh, having seen this, I think this is probably one of the most exciting outcomes uh, from the work that you've been doing. So I want to spend most of the rest of our time really talking about uh, this uh, relatively new development of the 21st century talent regions for Indiana. Um, I, I know you've awarded the, the first designation uh, to, to Northeast Indiana, but uh, I think this is a really, really f a great uh, way to bring communities together but to really focus on this so begin by explaining you know what is uh, in what is the 21st century talent region well the 21st century talent region designation is a it's a designation that can be earned uh, by a region and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what a region constitutes in a second but by a region uh, when they build and implement a plan to attract develop and connect talent uh, and then we have measurements for attracting, developing, and connecting talent, that attracting is about growing the population, developing is about increasing our education attainment levels, and uh, then connecting talent is about raising our median household income, or uh, some places are measuring it by per capita personal income, but ultimately, ultimately getting down to ensuring that more Hoosiers have more money in their pockets uh, as, a, as a result of uh, different types of career opportunities that they may be able to serve into. And so 
the 21st century talent regions model provides a a vehicle for being able to bring all of the the different players together to earn this designation and with a partnership that uh, the office of career connections and talent has with the indiana economic development corporation as well as civic lab uh, then we can provide some technical assistance to regions that are looking to be able to uh, to bring a, a team together to develop uh, that plan and oftentimes what's happening is that the communities or regions are already implementing pieces of it so that's not really the hard part the the tougher element is how do we organize it all and uh, this this stems from some of my experience in in my previous role as a mayor that my biggest frustration with trying to address some of the the workforce challenges was that I couldn't figure out who's doing what where and how does it all tie together what what does moving the needle towards success actually look like uh, and that was where uh, Elaine Beadle the president of the IEDC and I sat down and thought a little bit about you know what are the specific metrics that that we think are the most important pieces and that's what led to the attract develop connect model looking at population education attainment and median household income uh, and so I think by providing uh, this, this framework with the 21st century talent region, as well as technical assistance uh, and, and some guidance on who some of the really key team members are to bring together in a region of which we, we ask that a region have representation from uh, businesses, from uh, K through 12 uh, education partners with higher education, uh, economic development, workforce development, local government, and nonprofits. Now, how they're represented within the region, we're pretty ambivalent towards, uh, and we just wanna see that there is some engagement from all those different sectors to build that plan and implement it, again, organized around attracting, developing, and connecting talent. I like that. That's a that is great, and it's a great way to remember: it. attract, develop, connect. So I think that's very good. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so what do we think the outcome when you when you're talking about this? Then, how are you helping within those three areas: attract, uh, develop, connect? How how does a region then begin to develop a vision around all of that, and and why is that important? Sure. Well, the, the great thing about much of this is that a lot of this work is happening in many ways in different places. Uh, at least pieces of it are happening. Uh, the, the challenge, again, goes back to how does it all come together? How do we organize all of it? And uh, part of, of what drove our, our model around the, the designation and some of the tools that we use for organizing these pieces is that we looked at some of the places to see, okay, where are we growing our population and increasing our education attainment levels and, and our median household income? And what's making that work? And in those conversations, we were able to realize, well, they have um, really dynamic collaboration and partnership that is taking place. And, and really key to all of this is consistently, that you have people talking to one another regularly. So it's not just one-off planning meetings to say, oh, you know, we should do this. And then, and it may be a good session, but to have some structure around how do we consistently work together? And that's what the these tools and, and kind of the process uh, offer so that then at 
at sort of a, a milestone point in the process, you have the designation that gets earned. And uh, as you mentioned, the Northeast region had the opportunity to be the first kind of out of the gate to be able to have that milestone reached. Uh, that they have the plan now built and they have money of it, much of it that's uh, being implemented already. And so that is that is a tool that's that's a um, that is a product that is created but the product is really only as valuable as the work that then it it indicates so the next conversations that we've been having with with regions are about maintaining the designation so that it is ensuring that okay as we've put these different plans together how are we holding ourselves accountable to make sure that we're doing them? And that goes back to having those consistent conversations with all these different partners at the table regularly to then uh, to to drive the the work forward. And uh, it it's it's a a, a mechanism where. I think that uh, the, the latest quote that I heard was that the process is the product. And that's kind of hard to wrap your head around at first, but when you start participating in these conversations and you realize you're bringing together a group of people who all represent really key aspects of the work for developing, attracting, or connecting the talent, uh, and you can't do it without having everybody all there at the table, uh, then you're able to see, okay, the, the dashboard of which we, we have the template for a dashboard to be able to, to have data input, inputs to uh, kind of level set where you start from and set goals around. Uh, that dashboard, I think, is really valuable for communicating where we are, where we want to be, and how we're going to get there. But the work that has to go into it is then carried out by all the various team members. So, so let's talk about the dashboard. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, we're in an we're in an audio format here, so we can't <laughs> be we can't be visual. But what what well, how does the dashboard function? Mm -hmm. What kinds of data or, or are are on the dashboard, and how does that help a community? So. So the, the dashboard is really driven by data to, as kind of a foundational aspect of it. So we start with the like, level setting of having everyone that's a part of the team be able to understand from a data perspective. And we've got a whole host of data sources that we're able to um, provide some uh, information to our region so that then you don't have to go digging for it. Uh, and uh, so the, the dashboard offers up that data around population, around education attainment levels, and uh, median household income, or as I mentioned, another region is looking at per capita personal income, uh, which kind of gets at some of the same pieces. And then there's a lot of other inputs that can feed into that of you know high school graduation rates, um, looking at some of the, the I-STEP scores along the way, looking at some of youth poverty rates. And, and when we look at uh, talent attraction of how are we growing the population, there's a lot of sort of quality of life factors that we're considering. We look at, um, you know, do we have trails that are in place in our communities? Do what kinds of, of other um, amenities, what, what housing stock is available, commercial vacancies, some of those pieces. Uh, so again, we, we level set with the data. 
um, that, that organizes around those three goals of population, education, attainment, median household income. And then we, we work with all the, the local leaders and the, the regional team members to identify, okay, what's already happening? What's taking place right now? And let's map that out as they feed into those three different goals. And then let's ensure that we've got some goals that are associated with every one of those individual initiatives so that we're holding ourselves accountable to what we want those initiatives to, to result in that will drive those, those three larger measurables around population and attainment and um, household income. And then we also use data to inform what the economy looks like so that we've, we've got the outcomes that we're trying to drive in mind. So we look at our key industry clusters uh, and they, they can be based upon uh, current industry, uh, of which we certainly want to have represented, but we also have challenged some, some areas to say, if, if there is another industry area that you think you want to be aspirational towards that let's say you want to be a, a high-tech industry area and that's what you want your region to be known for well okay let's put that down and think about well what does it take to make that happen and walk it back from there and and so within those uh, industry clusters we outline some of the key occupation areas and we provide data around um, what the the numbers of positions in those occupations are currently and we also have some access to data that projects out as best we can. Um, can't fully predict the future, and there, we know that there are going to be positions that arrive because they're new, and, and we don't know what they will be. Uh, but we can, can have some projections so that then, again, we're driving outcomes with the, the data that we have, the best data that we can. Uh, to ensure that we we are strategically attracting, developing, and connecting talent. So it occurs to me. So you talked about the, the collaboration being being key, and that we we have the people around the table. And I would think that probably a lot of places would tell you, well, we've been talking about we've been talking for years. Mm -hmm. What's what's the differentiator between? Uh, the success model. So when you're going for that that 21st century talent region designation, it, it means that you have achieved some level of, of distinction beyond just a lot of people around a table mm -hmm. talking. So what's the differentiator between the, those regions that are talking and those that have the right people around the table and who are who are moving forward? in this fashion sure how do you how do you distinguish that i think that different regions are at different levels of this and so um some places will say yeah we've been sitting around the table and uh and and talking but maybe they didn't have a specific vehicle that forced them to have each one of these meetings then actually progress instead of being a really interesting conversation that we had for maybe a couple of hours until we have yet another interesting conversation for a couple of hours but nothing really happens in between uh, you're we've all been a part of those those conversations uh, and so by having the the dashboard it's it's meant to hold us accountable uh, about uh, are we moving forward on any of these things um, and some of the feedback that I have heard, I, I, I heard this from the Northeast region, that 
they have so many great things going on and they have the benefit of, of a little bit of maturity in just years of, of regional collaboration that they've been doing. And so um, they're, they're a leader in many ways. And one of the things that they talked about was that the value for them, I think there were multiple value points for them, but one they said was, you know, we've set these goals for ourselves. If they've got a goal of a march to a million by 2030 uh, and getting to the 65% um, post-secondary education attainment levels by 2030. Uh, but they said, you know, we hadn't really sat down and talked about how are we going to do that? We, we've set these lofty goals, and I think in many ways we're working towards it, but we hadn't really done some of the work that goes into, well, what's going to make this happen? Uh, and, and the other piece that I've heard from them and from other regions that's so helpful in doing this is having the data uh, and, and being able to know, no kidding, what, is, what the reality of situations is and, and having that make sure that all of the, all the players at the table are kind of operating off the same sheet of music here. And I think that's critical. I mean, I think that's the part, right. is having the dashboard, having a, a common uh, set of data that, that all of the players can look at, that you can look at from time one to time two and see that progress. Um, and I think, you know, we, we uh, oftentimes discount just the fact that there is recognition you know, there are people who have been uh, working at some of these things for a long time. And, uh, and you know, you don't always get recognized. You don't always get that sense of that anybody cares or is paying attention. And I think having even a designation that comes back and um, really uh, congratulates mm -hmm. those players for being at the table and has some recognition that that this is this is heading in the right direction I think begins to make a big difference because otherwise I think people get very discouraged sometimes because it is a long process right well and you're so right on that and we we've, we've been really fortunate to have great partnership with the Lumina Foundation throughout this process we've learned a lot from them of some of uh, of the the lessons learned that they had from their talent hub program that um, recognizes I think they now have 24 talent hubs that they have designated across the country uh, Indiana is fortunate to have two of those locations and uh, they talk a lot about how valuable that brand is of being able to designate your your community as a talent hub now they focus on a specific community less so a region and uh, that that marketing aspect has been really valuable they said to to those communities as they're looking to attract business or or new people to come forward and and you're 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 spot on as well of recognizing the work that goes into this that um, I think some of the regions they they have wanted to and wanted to work together more and have been putting in a ton of, of work in their respective kind of roles in, in a community area or in a region and are trying to come together and um, being able to to recognize that it is hard work to make all this happen that we all like to talk about collaboration but when it, when it comes down to it it's not easy to make sure that you're consistently communicating with all the right partners and uh, I would give a shout out to the, the West Central region right now that is, is really doing a 
lot of hard work to bring all the partners to the table uh, and and they they look at other regions and say well we're, we feel like we're so far behind when you know everybody's starting at different places and having that opportunity for us to be able to share with others across the state of you're doing good work and uh and and we're really excited about this and for us to be able to recognize them i think helps them with their momentum as well and and they're making tremendous progress in a pretty short amount of time that they've been working at this with us for about six months or so and uh, i mean they're well on their way to earning the designation well, and, and, you know, and regional is another one of those issues uh, that Indiana really has struggled with. Um, so we've, we, we're getting better at being able to talk about regional, mm -hmm. but it still is a challenge. And you know this as a former local elected official. Mm -hmm. We can talk regional, but when new development goes someplace, the tax base lands in one jurisdiction and it's not regional. And so it sometimes is very hard to bring all of those players together to understand uh, the impact of regional and how regional has a play in all of that because we're still very much defined by lines on a map. And sure. so I think that makes it hard sometimes. But I think the, the other part of this that's very good is that I think it's helping to deliver that message that uh, it, it's it's not only about just having an option on a cornfield it's not only about uh, uh, taxes it's really about the quality of the talent the people it's about it's about who we are and mm -hmm. and who we get here and i think that is a message that still is very hard for us to deliver as economic developers to mm -hmm. to uh, a lot of our stakeholders because it's it's a change in thinking sure well and uh, i i consistently go back to a mantra that was repeated to me by uh, bert cook who was our uh, economic development official in laporte and bert would always talk about well competition breeds excellence and and he's right and uh, in so many ways the interesting piece of of that statement and why i bring it up in our discussion about regionalism is that rarely is the competition within a region that in the the world that we're operating in that most of the time the the competition may be another country it may be i think probably most of the time it's another state um, but sometimes it is another country. And so um, th to the extent that we can partner and collaborate as a region, then really everybody wins. That, that the, the labor shed that then is associated with the jobs that, that get created are rarely in just one city. And that's been a, a really great part of the conversations that we have with our teams with 21st century talent regions. We look at commuting patterns and realize that, you know, it, it's not just about maybe one other city that we think that people are coming from, that it, it's, it's a wide variety. And there may be resources there and, uh, and team members that we hadn't thought to include because we just hadn't tried to look fully at where are all of these people coming and going from and recognizing that we are operating or, or, or most of our talent operates in sort of a, a regional type of capacity. 
I can speak to experience from Laporte. I mean, we regularly went to Michigan City for for various things, and people from Michigan City came to Laporte. I often went to Valpo for for meetings or South Bend, and so it is a regional economy. But oftentimes, as as local electeds or local policy people or or leaders and we think specifically around kind of our geographic lines when those are pretty invisible for most others and for us to compete for for business attractiveness for the tools that we need the talent that we need to be able to um, continue growing our population growing our, our business climate then we need to to think regionally about attracting um, people to that area and being able to offer up a full package because oftentimes a, a business that's looking at this isn't trying to differentiate between our specific communities. They're differentiating our state against another state or a region of our state against um, a region in China or Europe or things like that. So for other uh, regions that are interested in uh, achieving the 21st century talent region designation, what do they need to be doing? Uh, I would encourage with starting at our website, in.gov CCT, and uh, there is a 21st century talent region tab there where there's a whole host of uh, different kind of materials that can give some more insight around uh, what the process looks like, some samples of the dashboard uh, that I tried to give the best audio version of it, but it's a pretty dense um, document and tool. Uh, it, and so you can see kind of what all goes into it. And uh, we are, are re really trying to be very intentional about meeting people where they are. And we want to be a team member to our regions. And this is not any kind of an initiative where we're coming in and trying to say, hey, we've, we've got all the answers, and so now you need to go and do it and come back and let us know when you got it all done. We're learning just as much as anyone else is throughout this process, and, uh, and, it, and I think that's what makes it so fun, quite honestly, uh, is that then we do get to tailor the solutions to what a region is going to need. And uh, the application, there is an application uh, on our, our website that kind of kicks the process off. It's designed to be pretty simple, so um, probably some of our challenge along the way has been uh, for our regions not to overthink it. It doesn't need to be, uh, it's not your, like a typical grant application or something like that. It's really just to kind of give us a sense of where the region may be at, who some of the, the players are in the area, and that, that helps us start the, um, the adventure that we'll be on of then of determining what the next steps need to be with that region which we will develop in concert with those those regional leaders with the assistance of the awesome team at civic lab okay so as we get ready to wrap up what have i uh, what have i failed to ask what points do you need to make that i didn't draw out during the conversation well, I think we've, we've had a great conversation here. I am really excited about kind of a new component that uh, we talked a little bit about the value of data. Um, one of the tools that people will find on our website is a data display that um, 
we've we've had a lot of fun creating this with our partners at the Management Performance Hub, where we've gathered uh, data points from a whole host of different sources, whether it's universities that have done research, the census, um, agencies, state agencies that collect data. Uh, that I know that it can be hard to find that at, at different points, and there's there's also just a lot of data out there. Uh, so we wanted to make it a little bit easier for people to be able to access that. That's all available on our data display, and um, it's an interactive data display, so you can select a, a county uh, to be able to see a whole host of different fields of information for that specific county, or you can self-select a group of counties to then um, start playing around with what a region can look like, and um, the tool just magically tabulates all of those things, and that it truly, in my mind, is magic, because I don't understand uh, all the technology behind it. Um, the latest iteration of that, and uh, we've been working with the South Bend Elkhart Regional Partnership that um, we had a discussion at one of our previous meetings that they said, oh, this is really helpful. Do you think there's a way that we could display this, some of this information here and maybe have a link? And so we came back to uh, the partners at MPH, the Management Performance Hub, and said, hey, how could we put this together? And in that process, we were able to develop a model where it's embedded on their website um, that they have their tailored region that they serve uh, that shows just their data fields for um, South Bend El or St. Joe, Elkhart, and Marshall counties. And we can do that now um, for any of the regions that we're working with so that, again, it's equipping everybody with that data to, to help ease the conversations. Um, so other than that, I think that we've covered a whole heck of a lot of ground today. So uh, tell us again, how would they, how would they get to that uh, data site? IN.gov slash CCT. Okay. And uh, it's all under the 21st Century Talent Regions tab. All right. All right. So today it's been uh, Secretary of Career Connections and Talent, Blair Milo. Blair, thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you, Lee. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast was powered by the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. Since 1983, IMPA has provided 61 municipal utilities in Indiana and Ohio with low-cost, reliable, and environmentally responsible power. Learn more about IMPA by visiting their website at impa.com and be sure to follow them on social media to stay in the know. This podcast is copyrighted 2019 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, which retains all rights to the content.